Hello, and welcome to our brand new podcast. Oh my God, I'm so excited. That was Rochelle, my forever co-host. Um, I am Philip of Philip Does Movies. I know, calm down, it's me. So we are going to be reviewing a movie today. This is one that uh, Rochelle has wanted to watch since before it even came out. Uh, it looked absolutely terrible. I think that the movie poster told me everything that I needed to know I about disagree. it. I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. I need to step in because I love holiday movies. You know me. They're the best. I love cheesy holiday flicks and getting in the holiday spirit. And I think our two listeners are going to love it too. Yeah. Who listens to podcasts anymore? Like we're brand new at this and we're starting a podcast. And I think I know six people total on earth who listen to podcasts. Seven now, whoever you are listening to this, that's, that's the definitive amount of people that I know. So... We're going to we're going to talk about this movie. It's called Falling Falling for, for Christmas. Falling for Christmas. It's Lindsay Lohan's um renewal re-released into the wild like she was at uh some kind of uh what are those what are those zoos called a sanctuary where they like heal your mended wing and then they re-release you in the wild. Like <laughs> that's what I feel like Lindsay Lohan's been going through with her with her movie career. I definitely shocked to see her on Netflix. I mean, good for her because I haven't seen her in anything since like, you know, The Parent Trap. But Which we did watch recently and probably will review one day because I and have And also so is a thoughts. great movie. That's a great movie. A great movie to review. You are 100% correct on that. Um, we are going to get all of our thoughts on The Parent Trap um, soon. Anyway, let's get started. We are going to go through so this this movie is essentially about a woman who is the heiress of a hotel is she the heiress she's just the daughter of the guy who owns it that is the definition of an heiress so she is the heiress of a hotel jerk. uh Such a jerk. brand you think so too i think so too go on we are going to edit all of this out so She's the heiress of a hotel. She uh, is going to be taking on some job at this hotel. She has this social media influencer-esque boyfriend who ends up proposing to her. And through context we will get into, she falls into a coma, or not into a coma. Uh, she There's an hits, accident. She has an accident. The accident. I'm giving an, an absolutely superb synopsis, uh, synopsis of this, of this movie. movie. Um, she has an accident. She gets amnesia, which I also have thoughts about this medically. Uh, and she ends up meeting her knight in shining armor, who helps take care of her, and... She starts falling for him. Eventually, she gets her memory back through a series of events, and she decides that she wants to be with this person. Um, all of that being said, spoiler alert, obviously, if you have not seen this movie, you should probably pause here, go watch it, and come back. So, assuming... Because we're going to ruin it for you. Yeah, assuming that you have seen it, let's continue. So I have my first and foremost problem with this movie is a very different take. I think the obvious, anyone who knows me would know that just, I can pretty much judge a book by its cover or a movie by its Netflix poster. And that is, uh, this movie was going to be terrible from the get-go. But, <laughs> but as the movie unfolded, I really started to unpack this completely different aspect of it. And this has to do with my business background, is that this main character, uh, what was his name, Jake? He has no business running a lodge. This man spent about 12 minutes total in the entire movie actually running this place. The rest of the time, he was out 
making snowmen and going to the Christmas market and like helping this toast. Which I have no problem with. I have no problem with you having work-life balance. There I was believe no, in that. You have a family. There I was get no it. work life balance. This man has no. And then he had the audacity. We will get more into this later. But he had the audacity to ask people in his town, the fake village of Summit Springs, to help him further by asking them for money. He asked them for donations to help keep running <laughs> this failing this failing lodge. And it's like, it's failing because you're never here. At one point, he is literally sweeping the lobby floor himself. And he says to his mother-in-law, we can't even afford someone to clean this okay, place. Okay, I, let's pause. Because I find it so interesting that you latched on to him as a character, which... I have multiple thoughts, <laughs> so many thoughts about Jake as a character, but I think as a female, I'm latching on to Lindsay Lohan's character, who is Sierra Beaumont, or Belmont, or whatever. Belmont. Belmont. So many problems. Like The first thing that I, my first note, as a female woman, living in the world, even if I had, right, like the $2 billion lottery was just happened. Someone got the winning ticket. We talked about that in our own personal life. Like, what would we do with $2 billion? Billion with a B. Even if I had won the lottery, I don't think I'm at a place in my life where I want someone to feed me champagne. Like, I don't get that. So that has to do with the lazy writing. And I took so many notes about the lazy writing. Okay, so I appreciate that you latched onto Lindsay Lohan and I latched onto this Jake character. There was a second part that really bothered me. And it was that everyone was just very casual about this girl having amnesia and just coming and staying at this lodge. And they all just were like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds you like a just, great idea. Let's not look for who you actually have a, okay. a life with. I agree. But let's rewind. Because I wrote, I wrote a note about this. So I found that there was an extreme plot hole. And that is the very beginning of the movie opens up with a business meeting between the owner of the massive hotel, who's Sierra's dad, Mr. Belmont, and Jake, this other character that has this lodge that the movie is trying to make out like it's a failing lodge. Let's be real in terms of business. There's no way that that lodge was insanely nice. <laughs> like yeah. Everything about it was nice, but let's just... Let's just say that we're going to buy in. So they're having this business meeting together. Jake literally runs into Sierra or Lindsay Lohan with his hot chocolate and spills it in which now she's freaking out about these. What, what brand was it? I, Velenyagi. I, I don't know if that's a real brand. I don't know not. if it's a real brand. It sounds as made up as Balenciaga. <laughs> yeah, it could have been because I'm like, what is that? I don't think I've ever heard of it. So he literally runs into this girl, which they cover later. Maybe he recognizes her from somewhere. But I'm like, man, if you're going and pitching this super successful hotel owner, I'm thinking from a business perspective, you're doing research. Like you're, you're researching the Belmonts. You're researching how did they acquire this? Do they own it as an investment group? Do they, like there's so many questions that I feel like would have been asked and somewhere along the line in that research, you would have figured out that the guy had a daughter and that her name was Sierra and she is, she's got bright red hair. It's not like, it's not like she's fitting in. She's not just like some Sarah that you wouldn't 
recognize. If I had had the interaction with her in a hotel lobby that I spilled hot chocolate, if I physically, when is the last time you physically ran into somebody <laughs> and had a drink in your hand that you spilled something on it? And then they, their entourage of people and their cartoonishly over garish boyfriend shows up and makes a spectacle of the entire thing. And you're telling me that you see this girl the next day wearing <laughs> an equally ridiculous outfit, like unicorn pink, she is in the middle of the snow and you can't remember her? It's like, just no. Like again, this man does not deserve to be running a lodge. I feel bad for his mother-in-law and his daughter that they have to live with him. On a separate business note, <laughs> this man's office was huge. It was like CEO worthy inside of this hotel, this lodge that he built. And then his daughter's no, room. No, no, he didn't build it. You missed or that, that Not part. that he built. They he, inherited it. Yeah, he inherited a, it. No, 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 not inheritance. As a wedding. It was, it was a, a wedding. wedding present. Who, like, um, anyone out I'm, there? I would and I was love, getting... love, please give me your wedding gift of a lodge in the mountains. Are you kidding? And I was getting to that, that either it was failing, which is a terrible wedding present, or this thing was running smoothly, and you did a gross disservice to be like, here's a business that you have no idea how to run, and... Good luck. Um, but no, it was it was the fact that he completely forgot that she was a person that he had this interaction with. And then his first thought was, which his mother-in-law was absurdly on board with, I'm just going to put her to work in my hotel, in my little lodge. She's just going to do all of the... I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have you do normal things. And by normal things, I mean, you're gonna make the bed and you're gonna clean the clothes and you're gonna, and you're gonna like sweep the floor. Side note, I just, I have an issue with a female character being written as this person who is completely incapable of doing anything for herself. I hate that in movies. I I hate it when it is written as if a girl, like this girl couldn't put a sheet on a bed and I get it. It's supposed to be funny, right? But then, then on the other side, she has no life skills. She's been raised by this ultra, ultra beyond wealthy like, you have more resources than God knows what to do with at this massive hotel brand that you have. You're making billions, like, B with a B, billionaire with a B, for sure, is this family. And you raise this daughter who is completely inept of doing any, anything for herself. And, like, she can't sweep. She can't put a sheet on a bed. She can't get dressed. Like, it, oh, it boils me to my core. Like, this is, it's so unrelatable. And I love holiday movies. And just, why can't the girl be successful? Like, and also, I wrote this. Tad, this boyfriend, he is awful. He is awful. I find it interesting, Tad's random offshoot storyline that he is this ridiculously self-absorbed a-hole but then some like he finds this character who could be this very loving guy in the woods who's just trying to like fish on his own but then also could be like a love wrong interest no wrong turn slash the hills have eyes dude who's in a fishing cabin in the woods by himself and then you just show up you and all of your like glamour and scarves also but can we pause how did the fish hook get in his eye he threw the tackle box at his oh, face that, that's from yeah. that interaction the fish hook 
That's how fish hooks pierced work. his yeah. eyebrows. So he got a perfect eyebrow piercing. Pretty much. Oh, that's, that's the actor probably works. has a eyebrow piercing, and they just stuck a fish lure through it. But okay, so so he goes to this, he goes to this random fishing shack, and the guy is just like completely a recluse. He says, "I don't trust cell phones," and he's just like, "Okay, one guy who is obsessed with his cell phone." And all of his social media followers. And the other one who doesn't trust cell phones. And they're just going to hit it off. And then every 20 to 30 minutes or so, you catch up with them. I think at one point near the end, I actually they went back to Tad's storyline. And I was like, holy shit, I forgot Tad was still alive or even a part of this movie. Like, you could have literally just never talked about him again. And then just showed him in the end credits. Dead. In the woods. And I would have been like, yep, that makes sense. That, that fits along with everything. Um, let's talk about the exceptional plot hole, which is the fact that, uh, A, she chose her name, her new name, from a list of stuffed animal characters this little girl had. She chose Sarah, which is a syllable apart from her actual name, which is Sierra, and I don't have much of a problem with that, right? Because she gets used to it. Where I had the real problem was near the end, when... Her dad and her her fiance, whoever this guy is, right, Tad, show up and they say her name, Sierra. And that all of a sudden is the 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 breaking point where she's like, oh my gosh, I remember my whole life. And I'm like, wait, hold on. That's like someone being like, I don't remember my name is Philip. And so everyone is just calling me Phil. But then when the first person, when you show up and just go, Philip, I'm like, oh my God, the ip. That's it. That's what made it. <laughs> Now I remember my entire life. I, I mean, I have so many, so many problems with this movie. So I, I had the same issue that you did. I'm going to just bring up another one because there's so many. One, I think that like the scenes in this movie were like, 85 scenes over the course of the movie, all two minutes long. So, oh, and that was representative of four days. Right? And this movie was four days long. I tried at one point to keep track of how many days it was because that was, that's one of the, that's one of the cliches I find in these kind of movies is like how long it takes or rather how not long it takes for people to fall in love. I'm just, I was like, how many days actually went by in this movie? Because they make it feel like it's 60 years, but these people don't age ever. Like, they just, they do everything. Meanwhile, this lodge is burning to the ground because this man can't run it. Okay, I, I'm going to bring something else up. And I realize that we, we lived in Denver, Colorado, and I grew up snowboarding and going to the mountains in Utah and going on trips with my family. Uh, when we met, you didn't snowboard, but then you learned how to snowboard and you're decent now in real life. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll say decent. <laughs> I mean, you're a beginner, but you're, you can get down the hill. For our listening audience, I am horrible at snowboarding. But you can stay standing, I mean, also, getting down the hill is not, that is not the, the prerequisite to defining someone as good. I okay. can fall down the hill, which, by the way, I have. Okay, and this is my point. This is my point. I want to go with this, right? Because I, I'm more on the advanced spectrum. I'm very good at snowboarding. I've done it for a long time. But you, as a beginner, watching the ski accident, did you have... Any issues? Yeah, so I actually wrote that down. So the, the thing that I had the biggest problem with, so backstory, one of, I think the fourth time that I ever went snowboarding, I had an accident and cracked one of my ribs. And it was one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I mean, I took a hard, nasty spill, uh, cracked my rib, and I was laid out for like two weeks. They had to take me in the little stretcher down the mountain. That was not something I ever want to repeat. 
but I, I'll put it on YouTube. We we have a video of this. Oh, good night. Um, so it it bothered me so much that this girl who goes off of this like hike in trail who doesn't know how to ski she goes she falls off backwards with, like, i have a problem with the fact that she doesn't know how to ski her dad owns a ski lodge that's and he's a professional skier so unlikely but go on okay so she falls down the mountain backwards and doesn't know how to ski there are trees everywhere and she i get it she gets amnesia so she clocked herself a good one but when the doctor comes out, there is literally a point in time. That fall, though, let's just go rewind to the fall where she falls onto her back, right? So they have a shot, her falling onto her back. And then they, they cut to Tad's fall, which his accident is just as ridiculous. But... Uh, the ground went went away. They disappeared beneath him. I was like, this is it. He's falling into the that same pit that Gandalf fell in in Lord of the Rings. Like, he's gone. But nope, they kept him alive. Yeah, and, and he comically is sliding on his back in, in a way that physics would not... Like, even going that fast on a snowboard, you wouldn't fall like that. And then Lindsay Lohan is falling. She... She falls onto her back, but then they cut back to her. Then she's on her feet, skiing. Ah! And then she, and then they cut to her again, and she's tumbling. And then her skis fall off, and she's penguining, and that's how she runs into the tree. I think it's obvious that the writer of this has never seen anyone ski before. Uh, it's. That became clear. So I wrote down the doctor, this person who was supposed to represent a medical professional who went to school. She she <laughs> says school. med school, eight years plus residency, five hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. <laughs> yes, yeah, school school debt out the ass. She comes out of the room and two total strangers go, How's she doing? And the doctor says, and I quote, Physically, she's all right. Minor concussion. Are you fucking kidding me? She's physically all right, but she has a minor concussion? This girl had no bumps and bruises. Nothing. Like, you want me to believe that a novice skier, not even a novice, pre-beginner skier goes down. Falls a, off a cliff, basically. What is essentially a black diamond, a double black diamond probably, goes down backwards on it. And avoids all of these trees. The, I, so I'm going to fast forward. We're going to talk about this later. She gets to the bottom. And my favorite character of the entire movie is the, the, the black guy who's the boyfriend of the random couple who show up in and out of this. He is my favorite character because the comments he make are maybe the most realistic. And I'm so curious if this writer actually wrote this or if he gave it to some other writer friend who said, you know what, there should be this other character that adds some context. He looks at her at the bottom of the hill, right? So this boyfriend looks at her and goes, is it a dead body? The correct answer should have been yes. Yes, yes she absolutely. is dead. There should have been blood everywhere. It should have been all over the ground. The and if she wasn't dead, she had... A broken arm, a broken wrist, a broken rib. Yes. Like something, going back to you being a beginner and cracking your rib, please tell the audience. Oh, oh I couldn't stand up. And for yeah, the next Tell the audience, how fast were you going? Not fast. I, I was probably like, I we mean, were if we're on talking, a walking. Green, we were on a green circle yeah a walking. green circle so if you are not familiar with snowboarding skiing life a green circle is one step above one the bunny. step above the bunny hill and oftentimes i would say less steep than the bunny hill i was going down like 
uh, a ramp that would be outside of the hospital. That's what I was going down. Like, exactly. Like there was basically no slope on this green circle because it's a very easy run. It's meant for beginners. It's awesome, right? Like if you are looking to get into skiing or you want to do it, there are definitely runs that you can go on that are very gentle. That's a green circle. You fell not going fast, not a major accident whatsoever, and cracked a rib, right? Because on a snowboard, both feet are latched in, so you can kind of twist or do things where you hurt yourself. This accident, it, both she of, fell so, off of a mountain. Suffice <laughs> it to say, both of them should be in traction, not walking around. They should have at least... Like internal bleeding. <laughs> they should have at least had a one-liner to just make any kind of sense that she just was like, hey, you kind of got a little banged up. Maybe you should take some Advil or something. Like anything. Anything would have been better than just, let's just completely forget the fact. Anyway, we have gone over uh, the, the complete plot hole. So swallowing that ridiculous pill that... They survived this ridiculous thing. Um, and I do eventually want to get back to the fact that my favorite character says my favorite line in the whole movie. Um, we are going to get to that. I hope you have a favorite character too. Um, the, the other thing that really got to me was this weird Christmas market Santa that just came out of the blue. He was my such a favorite character. He's such a Deus. My he is a Deus ex machina. If I have ever seen one, they were just like. I feel like the writer was just going through it, and he was like, "I don't have any way for this thing to happen for the for the plot to really make sense here," and so he just added Santa in that part. And Santa's like winking and touching his nose and doing all of these things. And by the way, shit when, is just happening. When the daughter puts the little wish on the tree and then Santa touches his nose and the wish flies out, and the daughter's like, wow. And also, like, let's talk about how the transition of him touching his nose. I want to really take a step back. The 50,000 foot view. He touched his nose. The wish flew out. All of these magic snow swirls happened. And that led us immediately, without a break, to her standing on the mountain where they got separated and caused her to have an accident. Santa literally was like, your Christmas wish is going to come true. And the way I'm going to do that is by throwing this girl off throwing this mountain. Throwing two people off of a mountain. Literally. Putting them into a near-death ski accident. Right. That's the only way that I can So I take that. I'm going to say I think Santa was my favorite character, not because he was my favorite, but just because I just didn't get it. And the, the only note that I wrote is Santa's teeth are oddly white. I don't know yeah. if you noticed. Uh, Santa was uh, uncomfortably white himself. It, just. I, so, okay. So there was a part where he, the foreshadowing in this entire movie was just off the charts. There's the part where they go to the Christmas market, and this is, again, when he is too busy to run this lodge that is failing. Uh, they go to the Christmas market, and he is looking at this sled, and they're like, wow, look at this. It's, it's so amazing. And then he looks at a price of it, and I'm like, wait, hold on. The sled is for sale? And then Santa says a really weird line where he says, I'm watching this booth for a friend. I was like, what? I, Who? Yeah. Are you talking in third person? Is that some kind of a facetious thing? Like, we didn't even discuss this. But then he just randomly goes, oh, well, seems like you guys are too poor to afford this sled. Why don't you take a look at this uh, snow globe that's also magical? <laughs> yeah. Just so many. And what shop do you walk in that has a range of products so wide that is not 
camping world or REI, right? We're in a small pop-up Christmas market. This is a Christmas stall. I want to know how much that, how, how much do you think that sled cost? It had a price tag on it. There was a number written there. What do you think the writer had in mind that was written on there? Oh my goodness. I'm going to go with $25,000. I mean, that's what it should have been. But for whatever reason, my mind watching this ridiculous movie where he has a multi-million dollar lodge, like straight up, this is a multi-million dollar lodge, maybe like a hundred million dollar lodge that you can't afford a sled. I just, well, he can't even afford to have someone clean his place. Like, he literally, he was, he was conveniently always at the front desk oh, uh, doing everything. Okay, mention, so, so I still want to talk about this sled. It, this is another kind of underlying thing that really bothered me, is that the idea that Santa, like, is this Santa's sled or is this legitimately his friend's booth that, he, that, that he's watching? Because that why is, sled. right, is Santa selling his sled? Did Santa, was Santa falling on hard times and he was like, it's been a rough year. I, I mean, Jake was having a rough time. Yeah, I'm selling my sled. And if not, if it's really genuinely not his sled, he's like, oh, I am actually, I'm actually watching this booth for someone else. Who is selling, whose store has both this really expensive sled That's and also little like, snow globe trinkets? What, what yeah. market stall do you walk in that has a range of products as wide as Campy World or REI? It's like they're selling this multi-thousand dollar sled, which, I mean, I, I can't think of a reason that I would ever be in the market for a sled, so I have no idea what those would cost. But I feel like with your woodworking skills, you could build something like that for probably three hundred to four hundred dollars in material cost. I'm not sure I could build a sled. I mean, it. I could call it a sled. I don't know that it would look like that. But it. I don't think that it cost as. I mean, we have no idea how much it cost. I'm we, just so curious know, as the like, background. Why is it that it's a sled and then a snow globe? And I also think he handed. <clears throat> excuse me. He handed Sierra at some point, or Sarah at the time she was being called, a pair of Christmas slippers. So now we're that. we're we're in this Christmas stall. It has slippers, it has a snow globe, and it has Santa's sleigh that is for sale. Yeah, and also um, like discount Santa Claus, like, why does he keep showing up at the weirdest places? Like, first he was at this Christmas market where the girl made a wish, then he's at this other Christmas market where they just happen to show up, and then at the end, he is just, happens to be standing outside this man's, uh, the, the dad's, um, hotel. Just so at, at the many things about it, right? Like, you're basically... Sierra's dad and Jake are in competition with each other. I, I have comments on the two of them as well that we will get to later. Um, okay, so, so I want to talk about the dress that the grandmother bought. Aside from the fact that I, we used to live in Denver, and that is not the mountains, but it is very close to the mountains, close enough that we used to go up to the mountains all the time. We talked about snowboarding. I maybe, maybe people who live in the mountains dress a little bit less like snowmen because they live up there, but it just, it struck me so wild how inappropriate everyone was dressed for the fact that there were feet of snow on the ground and it was freezing all the time. Absolutely. And everyone was just nonchalantly dressed. Anyway, 100% specifically agree. this dress was that the grandmother was like, oh, I really wanted to buy you a thing. First of all, grandma, y'all are suffering in your business life. You shouldn't be going out and buying this for a thing. Second of but all, it, I, okay, you she, go on and then I'm going to go on with the problem that I had with Miss Grandma. So in the scene where Lindsay Lohan's character, Sierra, comes down the stairs in this very ode to she's all that uh, scene. But very she, skimpy dress for the mountains, for sure. Exactly. 
the grandmother, to take note, is wearing a shirt with a sweater over it, like a sweater jacket. The, the daughter is wearing basically the same thing. And Jake's Jake is character is wearing- A coat. He's, he's wearing, wearing like a, a flannel with a, with a proper jacket on. And then she comes down in a red cocktail dress. I'm just like, grandma was out in town and was like, you know what? This spaghetti strap cocktail dress would be perfect for her. And then the jacket that she puts it's on. four degrees outside. That yeah. jacket is something that I would wear in Myrtle Beach right now. Yeah, it was not. By the way, we're in Myrtle Beach and it's about 70 degrees outside. 75 maybe. Uh, that, yeah, so the jacket just, I did not understand why. The, it, I get it from a movie standpoint, from a plot. They needed her to look. I don't know, ravishing, whatever. I feel like there were there was no attention drawn to how beautiful this character is. There's supposed to be some sort of attraction to her at this very moment that she walks down the stairs. And then it's fleeting to the point that they she gets to the bottom of the stairs, make, you know, two sentences of dialogue, she puts a jacket on, and that's game over. And also her hair. Looks like she was getting ready for a wedding. So she was up there for hours getting ready for this. She doesn't know how to do laundry or properly set skis on just a ski rack. Like she, she lacks the common sense for either of those. But this girl can do what probably would cost other people hundreds of dollars on their wedding day to have someone do to their hair. I was just completely okay, baffled by at the, the way, attention I did, to detail. Yeah, I had a very similar feeling in the scene where she's like, is there something I could dry my hair with? And then you hear the, the daughter's like, yeah, come to my room. I have a blow dryer. You hear the blow dryer go for, what, three seconds, maybe even less. And her hair it's perfect. is picture perfect. I wrote a note about this. I am a female. I have long hair. Your hair does not blow dry into that, right? Like her hair looked great. I, I must say, Lindsay Lohan, your hair looks freaking fantastic. Love it. It looks so good. Very long, very healthy, very full. But your hair doesn't go from, I just took a shower and it's completely wet to wedding style waves that is achieved only with an hour with a roll brush and a and a really nice blow dryer or flat iron, not flat iron um a curling iron bringing the heat to your hair and like I mean, for actually time, spending time on it. I'm going to forgive that one because for time purposes, no one wants to sit there and watch Lindsay Lohan blow dry her hair for 8 million years. I do get that her hair looked very good. Can we ask why she didn't have a blow dryer in her room? Maybe this is why your place sucks and no one wants to stay there is because the only person in the entire hotel is a blow dryer is an 11 year old who and has her own room. Also, do you find it odd that they also live at the lodge? So that's what I was discussing. Why and earlier? And this lodge is a wedding present, so the, I can't follow the money in it. It's poorly, also, it's not, very poorly run. Not just that, I have an issue with the grandmother, one being on board with this girl who has amnesia cleaning their hotel, who has no life skills whatsoever, but then also her daughter, her dead daughter was married to Jake. Yeah. And they now live as a family unit at this lodge that was a wedding gift from from her daughter's dad. Did he die? Sounds he died. like it. So so grandma is a widow. Jake is a widow in law of grandma. And grandma is totally on board with this new love interest. Not to mention single dad, young daughter. Total stranger. Total has stranger 
I mean, she was also on board with just borderline kidnapping this woman and sticking her to work in there. Like, she seems the only person who is concerned about the appropriate things. She is the only person who's concerned about the dead woman in the very fleeting scene where she's crying over this memory book about And people. how many years ago was it? Because the daughter remembers the mom and the daughter is no older than eight in this movie. Oh, she latches on to, to Sierra in a heartbeat to the extent that she's like, when I'm le when she's leaving, she's like, I thought you were going to stay with us till Christmas. Also, and it's like, this girl has serious abandonment not, issues. Not to mention that Lindsay Lohan's character's mom had died as well. Now. Which she gets in flashbacks. They never talk about, like, this is something, this is an actual, I hate this about movies. I feel like movies get this so wrong. That if you have a, a person in your life who is that close to you, who dies, it's a, it's a major thing for a, a long time. And it's like, the daughter has a mom that died, and the grandma has a husband that died, and the son has a wife that died, and the daughter has a mother that died, and, and the dad of the daughter has a wife that died. Contextually, everyone is related to someone very close to them within one degree of immediacy that has died in this movie. And we're not talking about and everyone it. Is, oh, did you catch the line where the grandma brings the dress to her and she's like, oh, you didn't have to do this. And the grandma's like, no, I did. Uh, you made Jake smile and he doesn't do that anymore. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure he's been smiling the entire movie. Prior the whole to meeting, movie. The whole movie. He has been smiling the whole movie, cracking jokes. Like, if I didn't know any better, he never had a wife. Like, he just is the person, he's like the general manager of this lodge, but had absolutely no relationship whatsoever to the actual family. He's just generously giving his time. Yeah, it just, it's so far off from real life and it doesn't. I just, so at one point I really felt like this movie was the Note version of the actual movie. Like it was the fast forward it. I felt like someone was like, I need to just get, you need to be able to go in and speak about this movie. So I'm gonna give you all of the like basic facts about it. And I think if you took every single scene in this movie, like you said, there were like 85 scenes. If you just took every scene and boiled it down to a sentence, and just read all of those sentences, you know, let's say that there's a hundred. That was this movie. That's, that is the same feeling reading those sentences as what you would actually get. Out of watching the movie. I agree wholeheartedly. And I just, I still, I can't get over the single widowed dad being like, in four days, you need a new mom. Like, what single parent ever? Also, can we just go to the end, right? So, Sierra Belmont is having a press conference. They found her. Perfect. She's going to plug the lodge. And directly after, the lodge is going to start get book getting book bookings. Her booking system, this movie was made in 2022. Yeah, the booking system is this grandma lodge, answering the phone and just randomly sticking people on hold. The booking system is, is grandma with a pad of paper. There's, like, what about an online... I mean, you can, you can get a Squarespace website... I don't for 20 bucks a month. I don't think that I would ever book a place that I had to call. Like, if they couldn't get their their I'm like yeah it. I'm looking it up online if they I'm... couldn't get their system up to be on an app or on anything I'd be like that's probably pretty representative of what I'm gonna deal with I'm probably going to be I'm gonna go there 
and I'm gonna have my breakfast served to me very haphazardly by the owner who's gonna random, like he's gonna serve me, he's gonna make six pancakes for everyone who's staying there, then he's gonna disappear for 14 hours, come back, randomly work on the snowmobile, which at one point he literally tried to get going in the garage, not in the snow, which I, I don't know that much about snowmobiles, but I'm fairly certain that you need to get them started on the snow, but whatever. It, no one was ever around. And that's just kind of representative of, again, I go back to well, my and entire then, point. And, and not to mention, who's answering the phones? Normally. To, to get the bookings. If, if grandma... Because you don't if have grandma, an online system. If grandma, the child, and this main guy, Jake, are always together, always doing something, always... If they have enough time that they can take a total stranger in to help her, they don't have time to run this place. Or they have enough time because this place is running so great. But you've just volunteered. I mean, I get it. You're a really great guy and all of that. And you, you know, volunteer at the toy drive and, and all these other things. But I'm just like... But you suck I, at business and why not hire a manager? Because he, that he doesn't investment... Have any money. I hate that though. Okay. I do think that that is the way that people think about money. Right? Is, well, I have no money and therefore I can't afford it. But going back to your MBA and my job, that that's not how investing works. Like, Sometimes in a business, if you don't have the skill, it's important to bring in someone either as a consultant, right? Don't hire them full time. Hire them as a consultant. Go seek help on how it's to a, make your business more successful. I genuinely thought that I was judgmental about this and you're like, I am I, next level. I am, I am actually like gauging, like, as though this movie, this man just presented it into Rochelle's Shark Tank. Like, it is a fictional lodge. I'm going to defend him for a little bit here. But, like, but he has no money. But anything about the fictional lodge he, he should just sell utilized, it. It could have utilized any of the technological advances that we've made in the last 40 years. That's why it's lazy writing. I looked up the writer of this movie. The guy who did the screenplay has done one other movie. Tell at me least. he's a man. Of course he oh, is. Yeah, it's a guy. But he wrote one other movie, at least that he is claiming credit for on IMDb, and it's one Hallmark movie, uh, which kind of tells you everything. So here, I, I want to I wanna wrap this up, but um, we need to get to our favorite characters and our favorite lines from the movie. So I already prefaced that my favorite character is the random boyfriend of the people that I'm sure had a horrible time at this uh, lodge. And he, he says my favorite line. And I didn't get it verbatim, but I was less interested in the verbatim part of it. And I was more interested in what he really was saying, like the, the paraphrase part. So she is coming to breakfast I think the next morning and she sees the couple that was on that sleigh ride, right? The guy and the girl. And they're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And she's like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. And, she, and the guy's like, Oh, we met on the sleigh ride, right? When we like basically found your body and I thought you were dead. Uh, cause you got knocked the fuck out by a tree. Is that what they and, were talking and about? Now, yeah. And then that he's like, the moment? Cause I, I was like, what are they, what sleigh ride are they talking about? And then he, right, because the owner of the hotel would obviously be the person who is taking people out on sleigh rides himself. And then at the end of it, he literally said, like, he goes over that whole thing of like, oh, we met you on this sleigh ride. Remember, you rode back with us after you had amnesia. Ha, 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 You don't know who you are. Anyway, enjoy breakfast. And then he just walks away. He just fucks off to whatever else he's doing. And I was just like, that is... Brilliant. That is the only real character that I feel because he gave no shits about that girl's well-being. And that is kind of the theme of the entire movie is that there is zero urgency to get this girl back. And everyone just accepts the fact. They're just like, oh, her name is Sarah. And it's just like, well, we've identified her name, right? Like, how is she a girl who has amnesia? 
if she knows her name. Oh, that's not her actual name. She picked it from a stuffed animal from my 11-year-old daughter's collection of stuffed animals. Oh, okay. And everyone is just really copacetic with that. He is, hands down, he was my favorite character. My runner-up line, my runner-up line was when they were dancing, when Jake and Sierra were dancing, and he's very nervous about anyone coming because there's everyone there. And he literally says, and I did get this one, he says, is it weird that I kind of hope nobody shows up? And I thought, you know, that's supposed to be a romantic line, but it's completely lost on me because it's not at all weird because every single thing that you have done and said thus far in the movie has really shown me that you really don't want anyone coming to this lodge. You absolutely do not want to run this business. So that was my runner-up. Who I know you said your favorite character was the was uh, dime store Santa. Okay, I I also really I thought Tad was terrible. Uh, I just thought he was an awful character. But the way that they wrote him in, so there was a point when he is in the woods with Mister Man from the fishing hut. I think his name is Ralph. Ralph. At that point, I don't know what the line was, but I was like, oh, they're, they're making Tad gay. Or at least bisexual. Bisexual, right? I, I don't know if you got that vibe from that interaction. Oh, he did. With, and then he was in the limo. With Ralph. And then... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. You were talking about the personal assistant. I thought I, Ralph no, no. Is the, Ralph's the weirdo in the woods. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a point where they fall in the woods, and I'm like, wait, is Tad going after Ralph? Oh, I didn't pick up that vibe. I didn't pick up that vibe until he was like, I don't have any plans, or you're breaking up with me on Christmas, and Sierra's like, you'll find someone by New Year's. And literally within 12 well, seconds, he's three, like hitting on the. Then three days assistant. later, she meets back up with Tad, and then I'm like, oh, maybe they weren't putting out that vibe. And then that had to be my favorite line when Sierra's like, well, this isn't going to work out, which we knew, right? We knew that their engagement, I didn't even know that they were going to go back to the engagement. I thought that they were just going to throw that out altogether. I would have been fine with how the movie was going if they just threw that out altogether because I hated everything about Tad. But then there's the line and then they go, yep, I guess he was gay or bisexual because now all of a sudden the assistant, he invites him to the limo. But actually, now that I think about it, my very favorite line, who confesses love to a closed car door? Uh, an idiot. <laughs> I just... I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> So mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I just, I'm like, yep, that's, that's exactly, exactly how this would go. And I, I would have loved it so much more if the window would have rolled down and they would have been making out or something, right? I could have gotten on board with that, but, but the moment he's confessing love to like, why not open the car door on, knock on the window or something, Something, but nope, we're going to decide, like, this This is why your business is failing. It, yeah, I mean, it, there were the, the gaping Grand Canyon-sized plot holes. They were all, they were all breezed over with just a line here and there. And I don't even know, I mean, they weren't even band-aids. It was like sticking band-aids on gashes like having your foot ripped off and best just sticking movie, a, a, a band-aid over that best part of the movie by far and if i had to rate this via stars i might give it two and a half <laughs> this part of the movie the bloopers oh at the very end to make it uh somewhat what's the what's the word am i i can't think of uh endearing that's not the word i'm thinking of but like relatable that's it <laughs> to make it somehow relatable they're like oh we had a lot of fun filming this movie and it was like i mean it kind of seems like the 
writer just wrote general ideas and was just like, okay, go in and make up the dialogue. I would genuinely believe that if the dialogue wasn't so acutely inaccurate. It really felt like an alien was like, this is, or that like a six-year-old was writing what how they think adults talk. Like that's how it was. But it seemed like they were just trying to push this movie along so fast. But then like this movie is just, it's not that long, and that was what was kind of bizarre, was why would you not just make it a little bit longer? Yeah, it was an I hour. feel like that it was, that's why it feels so disjointed, though. It's an hour and 33 minutes, and with an extra 27 minutes, you could have added a little bit of character development, a little bit better dialogue, a little bit better montages. Like, you could have spent 27 minutes just at the very, very beginning of the movie with us just getting to know all of these individual characters. And that way, we have something to actually give a shit about. But instead, I'm just like, you know what? I hope that nothing. Here's, here was my ending thought, and, and we're, gonna, we're gonna end on this. Here is what I really hope happens. And if I had a billion dollars, I would fucking make this movie. I wanna, make, I wanna see the sequel of this movie because it was all too clear to me that the casting choices of Jake as Cord Overstreet and whoever the dad was, the like David Bowie lookalike, why was their hair the same hair? You have all of the D-list actors you could choose from <laughs> and you chose two men and styled their hair exactly the same. And I am like, this is prime for a sequel where you find out that, that dad had an extramarital affair, had this baby out of wedlock, he grew up, joined, like, got married to this completely different family. So now and Lindsay then, Lohan and Jake and now, are brother and, and sister. And they're brother and sister biologically, <laughs> and that is the complete unwinding of the whole thing. That's what I want the sequel. I would give anything to see that as a sequel. That's what I want. So if you're out there, you want to make a movie. Anyone wants to make a movie, I will write this script for you. Falling I, for Christmas number two. I promise you. It, that story would be better than this one. So, uh, any last thoughts? Star rating, I gotta ask you, how many stars? Um, because I feel like this show, or because I feel like this podcast is going to give a lot of low ones, I have to be lenient. Um, I'm gonna give this one three out of five stars. Wow. Only because... I find it shocking, actually. Only because I know what I would give one out of five stars to, and this really wasn't that bad comparatively. So if and when we ever review movies that I really do find to be one out of five stars, I thought this was just lazy writing. And I don't want to reward lazy writers with a one out of five stars. Like, I don't want them to be golden raspberry worthy kind of thing. Like this was just middle of the road, bad writing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with three, three stars, three on the nose. So I, I mean, I told you at the beginning of this podcast, I love, love, my favorite thing in the whole world is Halloween at midnight, getting decorated for Christmas, watching all of my cheesy holiday flicks, and I'm not sure, I don't know if I would have watched it, not watching it for the pod, but just watching it, if I would have had a different reaction to it, but viscerally watching it and critiquing it, no more than two and a half stars. That's fair, that's fair. You just gotta, you just keep in mind what you're rating two and a half stars with. Um, well, that I just, has... I hope that you, I hope you and your pod and our pod, this is our podcast, doesn't ruin cheesy, romantic holiday movies. You know how much I love them. No, genuinely, I, what I hope, I hope that this makes it, I, may, I hope that it makes these movies better for people because genuinely, this, this podcast is not going to be enjoyed unless you go watch this movie. And if you don't enjoy the movie, this... I hope this podcast makes it better for you to actually enjoy it. If not, you know, all the feels, then all the laughs. So um, we are going to end on that note. Thank you so much for listening. Episode one, it is out. It is done. We will be posting the next movie on our Instagram account. That is at 
Philip Does Movies, Philip with one L, at Philip Does Movies. That'll be posted sometime in the next day or two, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm going to cut out your bye. <laughs>